This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. The theme of this morning's programme can really be summed up in a couple of words. Never forget. I'll be talking about two very different subjects, but in their own way, each of them begs us never to forget. One of this morning's topics is Holocaust Memorial Day, so I thought we'd start with the hymn that's often included in our own Holocaust Memorial Service, All People That On Earth Do Dwell. Huddersfield Choral Society and all people that on earth do dwell. And we'll return to Holocaust Memorial Day a little later in the programme. But it's time now to welcome my first guest. Today is World Leprosy Sunday, which might sound strange to our present day ears, as the disease of leprosy is mentioned in the Bible. So surely it's not still a problem over 2,000 years later? Well, sadly, it is. Every two minutes, someone is diagnosed with leprosy, which is why the leprosy mission is working as hard as ever to rid the world of a disease that flourishes amongst the world's most vulnerable people, in poor communities where it causes life-changing disabilities and still carries a stigma that prevents people coming forward for treatment. Joining me now is Mike Hardy, Community Partnerships Manager for the Leprosy Mission. Good morning, Mike. It's great to catch up with you again. Hi, Judith. Well, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show this morning, World Leprosy Sunday 2024. Now, you'll be coming over to see us in a few weeks at the end of February, and nearer the time we'll have a chat about your visit and the different things that you'll be doing whilst you're here. But today it is, as you say, World Leprosy Sunday. So, Mike, remind us of a very personal reason why you care so deeply about helping people with leprosy. 
You may remember we had a chat last year about my upbringing as a missionary kid in Zaire as it was then, now the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, my parents were missionaries and so my sister and I grew up in the middle of the jungles of Africa. We just happened to live on a, an old leprosy colony, which was uh, an island in the middle of the swamps, five miles from the nearest town. So really from a very young age, I knew what it was to have leprosy and how debilitating and isolating it is for people affected. I can well imagine that those childhood first-hand experiences would make a lasting impression. But how close does your work now take you to people with leprosy? In November, I was privileged to be able to go and see some of the leprosy mission projects in India to see what's happening today and how it is affecting people today and what the leprosy mission is doing to resolve it. It was a heartwarming and heartbreaking trip that was a, a real eye-opener and an insight into the devastating effects of leprosy even today. It was really heartwarming to see the impact of the community work that's going on all around India, in fact, particularly the, the projects they put together to screen and find people affected by leprosy as early as possible so that they don't go on to have the horrible disabilities that often come with leprosy and are associated with leprosy. Um, the community work, of course, also breaks down stigmas attached to leprosy and helps people to be accepted within their own communities. Of course, the leprosy mission as a Christian mission, our aim is to give hope and a future for people affected by leprosy as well. I find it incredibly heartwarming also to see the ongoing care given to people affected by leprosy, even long after they've been cured. Just curing leprosy is not the only thing that we do, but obviously taking care of people when they've been rejected by their own communities and families is of vital importance as well. For example, we met a guy who um, had cycled into the hospital that morning to have a new prosthetic leg fitted up for him. He'd been looked after by the leprosy mission for over 30 years, had been cured of leprosy 30 years previously, and was still being looked after even today. It was incredible to see his appreciation really for the Leprosy Mission Hospital and everything that it meant for him. In fact, one of my colleagues asked him, you know, what, what does this hospital mean to you? And what do you think you'd do if it wasn't here? It was quite heartbreaking really to hear his, his answer. Without the Leprosy Mission, he said, and this hospital, he said, I'd probably just be crawling around in the dirt or I'd be dead. It really was a lifesaver and a life changer for him. We met another patient who had been cured of leprosy many years ago. Um, she was bedbound, she was blind. The disabilities that leprosy had left her with meant that she couldn't walk. The nurses were really lovely with her, really just showing love to her. was It was incredible to see. They would pick her up and move her and turn her every two hours. So there was no bed sores, there was no, nothing like that. And, and they actually moved her. So her bed was right next to the nurse's station so that she could just hear what was going on, hear the chatter and feel involved. It, it was really sad to see this lady in this state. But what really, what really got me was that she'd been really bedbound like this and blind for, for over 25 years. I was really moved by it, really moved to see the the care and the love that was given long after she'd been cured and that she will need for the rest of her life as well. It's easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that when somebody is found with leprosy, we're able to give them a cure very quickly, which we are. But that's not always the whole story. We met a guy who had just that morning come into the hospital for the first time. He'd been diagnosed that morning with leprosy. 
he had a huge ulcer on the bore of his foot. It was big enough to, to put all your fingers inside of his foot. And of course, it was filled with maggots. It was quite horrible to see. He'd been told he had leprosy and how he could be cured of leprosy. And also the nurses had reassured him that they would be able to heal his foot. But he was absolutely distraught that he had to stay in hospital for quite a lengthy period, probably 25 weeks, to be able to be cured of this. And his devastation was really that, what about my family? Who Who's going to look after them? I need to get back to my gardens. And it j just opened my eyes really to the, the, the social effects, I guess, of how leprosy doesn't just affect the person, but it affects the family and it affects the society as well. So listening to you now, Mike, it's easy to see how we need to raise our level of awareness. But is there a reason why this particular day should be chosen as World Leprosy Sunday? World Leprosy Sunday always falls on the last Sunday in January, which is closest to the anniversary of Gandhi's death. He died on the 30th of January. And he was a great advocate for people affected by leprosy. He did much to destigmatize the disease. And uh, in fact, he actually believed that, the, that leprosy was not infectious at all. It needs very close and frequent contact with untreated cases for the disease to spread. But there are also other major reasons why leprosy is still widespread, aren't there? It devastates the lives of people who are the most vulnerable within our world. People who are malnourished, where they eat maybe once or twice a week and are not able to clean themselves where there's poor sanitation, that's where you will find leprosy. The disease of leprosy deadens the nerves in the hands and feet, doesn't it? So the sufferer loses all sensation. They don't feel the pain of holding a red-hot cooking pot or standing in bare feet on a sharp stone. Until, of course, it's too late. Infection sets in quickly, doesn't it? And that's how limbs are lost. Even today, every two minutes, somebody is found and diagnosed with leprosy. For 150 years, the Leprosy Mission has been treating and loving people affected by leprosy by following in Jesus' footsteps, really. I'd like to open the Bible this morning to Galatians and chapter 6, where Paul urges us, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's so easy for us as Christians to see so many needs all around us and become almost paralysed to, to know what to do to help. And, but Paul here just, just urges us, don't become weary in doing good. Keep going. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Having grown up in Africa, one of my biggest, I guess, convictions was why why was I born in Britain into such a wealthy society? And why were my friends not born into that society? And God, what do you want me to do with it? Uh, I was often reminded of the verse where Jesus says, um, to him who's been given much, much will be required. And often I didn't know what to do with that. And, and it's very difficult for us to balance that so many times in our Western society and self-centered society. But God says to, to keep our eyes on heaven, keep our eyes on his plans and looking after people in our world. Our dream is to see leprosy defeated. And uh, if we keep going, we will see leprosy defeated. Once and for all, it can be eradicated from our world.
with the cost of living crisis that we've been going through over this last year, you know, we've had to reduce our support so much um, at the Leprosy Mission. I would love it if we could surprise everyone by going above and beyond this year and really being able to make a massive impact in defeating leprosy. Mike Hardy, Community Partnerships Manager for the Leprosy Mission, thank you for joining us on this World Leprosy Sunday. Now, you'll be coming to see us here on the island at the end of February with a packed programme of talks, services and, of course, the legendary All-Island Quiz. So maybe we can have another chat in advance of that visit? I'm really looking forward to coming over to the island at the end of February. I'd really love, next time I'm, I'm on with you, to highlight Muzaffarpur Hospital in northern Bihar. It's India's poorest state and leprosy rates are three times higher there than anywhere else in India. The hospital is completely overwhelmed by the amount of patients and the building is no longer fit for purpose. It even floods during the the monsoon season. Maybe we can chat about that next time. But thank you so much for having me on this morning, Judith. World Leprosy Sunday. Let's not forget the most vulnerable people within our world and let's do what we can to help them out. Yesterday, the 27th of January, was Holocaust Memorial Day, the annual time to reflect that, tragically, we live in a world scarred by genocide. Holocaust Memorial Day is fixed on the 27th of January because this is the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau, the largest of the Nazi death camps. On Holocaust Memorial Day, we remember the six million Jews murdered during the Holocaust alongside the millions of people from other groups also murdered under Nazi persecution. Roma and Sinti people, gay people, political opponents, particularly trades unionists, as well as anyone whose religious beliefs conflicted with Nazi ideology. Sadly, many of these groups didn't receive acknowledgement of their suffering until well after the end of the Second World War. Alongside this, we also recall the more recent genocides in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia and Darfur. Holocaust Memorial Day this year marks the 30th anniversary of the genocide against the Tutsi in Rwanda. 49 years after the Holocaust ended, 19 years after the genocide in Cambodia, the world stood by as Hutu extremists shattered the fragile freedom in Rwanda following decades of tension and violence, culminating in the murder of over one million Tutsis in just 100 days. Genocide must still be resisted every day. Everywhere it's found, prejudice and the language of hatred must be challenged by us all. Together, we bear witness for those who endured genocide and honour the survivors and all those whose lives were changed beyond recognition. Leonard Singer, who died exactly one month ago, was a prominent member of the island's Jewish community and during his time as MHK for Ramsey some 20 years ago, he worked hard to establish observance of Holocaust Memorial Day here on the island, organising a national service around this time each year. So, in our time of reflection that follows, it seemed to me particularly appropriate to include a poem and a prayer given by Leonard at one of those services. The theme of this year's Holocaust Memorial Day is 
the fragility of freedom. Freedom is fragile and it cannot be taken for granted. Genocide never just happens. The perpetrator regimes, like the Nazis, gradually, over a period of time, restrict and then remove the freedoms of those they're targeting. And then the killings begin. We're going to hear now from Sir David Suchet, and then there's a chilling warning from a Holocaust survivor. From the time they assumed power in Germany in 1933, the Nazis used propaganda, persecution and legislation to deny German Jews their human rights and freedoms. They used centuries of anti-Semitism as their foundation. With the outbreak of war in 1939, Germany invaded Poland, subjecting Polish Jews to violence and forced labor. Thousands of Jews were murdered in the first months of the occupation. The Nazis established ghettos, forcing Polish Jews to live in cramped areas with appalling living conditions. And they repeated this approach across Eastern Europe as they occupied other countries. In 1941, the systematic murder of Europe's Jews began. Firing squads swept Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union, murdering all the Jews they found. By the end of 1941, the first extermination camp had been established in Poland, giving the Nazis their method to continue murdering on a giant scale between 1941 and 1945. By the end of the Holocaust, six million Jewish men, women and children had been murdered in ghettos, mass shootings, in concentration camps, and extermination camps. This was an unprecedented era of horror in human history. But people around the world have continued to suffer mass atrocities and genocide from 1945 to today. Susan Pollock. I lived in a small village not far from Budapest. I'm a little girl, 13 years old. We were loyal citizens, law abiding. Little did we know, little could we imagine the horror that invaded our lives. There was anti Semitism. Yes, in Hungary, but we could live with it. We thought it would just blow away. But now we know differently. Nothing goes away unless each and every one of us takes that personal responsibility.
We played, we laughed, we were loved. We were ripped from the arms of our parents and thrown into the fire. We were nothing more than children. We had a future. We were going to be lawyers, rabbis, wives, teachers, mothers. We had dreams, then we had no hope. We were taken away in the dead of night like cattle in cars, no air to breathe, smothering, crying, starving, dying. Separated from the world to be no more. From the ashes, hear our plea. This atrocity to mankind cannot happen again. Remember us, for we were the children whose dreams and lives were stolen away. Kaddish is the Aramaic word for holy. The Kaddish is a prayer for the souls of the departed and a praise of God. The Kaddish is a message of continuity of the generations, a bridge in the endless chain of memory linking one generation to another. It is a prayer for peace and includes the words, may he who makes peace in the universe bestow peace upon us. Today we will stand together in reverence as a single community showing solidarity with all the innocent victims of holocausts, millions of whom are buried in unmarked graves or in piles of anonymous ashes, and we ask God to protect their souls. I shall read it in Hebrew, the native language of Jesus, and it is a prayer with which he would have been familiar. God knows each victim by name, and where is their final resting place? And we ask him to comfort all those who mourn. Yitkadal v'yitkadash shamei rabah, v'almei divrei chirutei, v'yamlich malchutei, v'chayachown uv'yamachown, v'chayei dilkal bet Yisrael, v'agala uv'izman kariv v'imru amein. Yeheshmei rabah mavarach le'alam ul'almai ul'maya. Yitbarach v'yishtabach v'yispa'ah v'yishramam v'nit nasei. V'yitadaya v'yitala v'nitalal shamei d'chud shabrechu. Amen.
Even When He Is Silent, sung by the Chamber Choir of London, is the musical setting of words written during World War II on the wall of a cellar by a Jew held in the Cologne concentration camp. I believe in the sun even when it is not shining, and I believe in love even when there's no one there, and I believe in God even when he is silent. I believe through any trial there is always a way. Today, many people in Western democracies take freedoms for granted. At this Holocaust Memorial Time, let's reflect on how many people around the world still face restrictions to their freedoms to live, worship, work and love as they wish. On Holocaust Memorial Day this year, let's pledge not to take our freedoms for granted and consider what we can do to strengthen freedoms around the world. And we finish now with a look at our notice board. Hearth and Home is an illustrated talk with a Manx supper and it's at Dolby Schoolrooms this Friday the 2nd at half past seven. Yvonne Creswell will tell the fascinating story of Manx crofting life around 150 years ago. What life was like in the Manx countryside, how people made a living and how they had fun. To book at £12.50 per person, including supper, please ring Jilly on 844 031, stating if you have any special dietary needs. Proceeds after costs will go to Dolby Church Restoration Fund and their two chosen charities for this year. Forget Me Not, supporting dementia care on the island, and Hands of Hope, a Manx charity working in Romania, supporting refugees from Ukraine. Next Saturday, the 3rd, is the first Saturday in the month, so Glen May Craft Market will be open in Glen May Chapel and Community Centre from 11am to 4pm. As usual, there'll be homemade produce, handicrafts by local artists and much more. Entries free with homemade light lunches on sale. Just head for Glen May and look out for the bunting and the banners. Next Saturday evening, February the 3rd, the Salvation Army present a concert by the Londu Male Voice Choir with guest soloist Maura Gwithy. It starts at 7 o'clock and admission is just £5 payable at the door and that includes refreshments. This is going to be in their beautiful new building that has easy access and lots of parking. It's by the Manx Telecom headquarters on Balacotia Crescent on the Isle of Man Business Park in Braddon. 
looking ahead to next Sunday and Selby Methodist Church have a pet blessing service. It's next Sunday morning at half past ten, led by Louise Whiteleg. Bring along your pet or a photo of a pet for this celebration of all creatures, great and small. And next Sunday afternoon is the first of two snowdrop teas in Old Kirkbraddon. They're next Sunday the 4th and the following Sunday the 11th. A chance to enjoy the beautiful display of snowdrops and an afternoon tea between half past two and four o'clock on both the 4th and the 11th of February. And I'm afraid that that's all we've time for now, but I'll be back later in our virtual lounge tonight from nine o'clock with our usual mix of easy listening music, your requests and your dedications. So, until whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning. The Nation Station Men's Way